Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Monday, December 28th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. I hope you're enjoying your holidays. We're taking time off from the daily news cycle this week to take a step back and focus each day on one big thing. When American historians look back on 2020, one name will likely loom the largest, Donald J. Trump. President Trump has redefined the Republican Party and what loyalty to that party identity and ideology means. What will that look like now? Today, post-election loyalty and President Trump. In the eight weeks since the presidential election, the vast majority of Republicans in Congress have remained loyal to President Trump, which means they also spent almost two months ignoring the election results. Here's Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on the Senate floor two days after President-elect Biden's projected win. In the United States of America, all legal ballots, any illegal ballots must not be counted. It took six weeks for McConnell to publicly accept Biden's win, and it came after states certified the Electoral College vote. The Electoral College has spoken. So today I want to congratulate President-elect Joe Biden. If you were surprised by this loyalty to President Trump, you shouldn't be, because what has been a constant over the past four years is the intense loyalty President Trump has inspired among Republican lawmakers. Julia Bartz is an associate producer with Axios on HBO, and she spent the last year analyzing GOP reactions to Trump to develop what we've been calling the Trump Loyalty Index. We spoke with Juliet about this in October. So what are the exact statements from President Trump that you used to create this index, Juliet? So we looked at seven of President Trump's most controversial moments throughout his presidency, starting with Access Hollywood in 2016, the initial travel ban against Muslim-majority nations in 2017, Charlottesville later that year in 2017, when he said shithole countries in 2018, and then when he held up the Bible for a photo op at St. John's Church in 2020. How have things changed between the Access Hollywood tapes and the Bible photo op in front of the church this June? So if you look at Access Hollywood in 2016, the 178 members who were in office at that time, 42 percent of them criticized Trump for Access Hollywood. Two years later, during shithole countries, it's 18 percent. And then when you get to the Bible photo op in 2020, it's 12 percent. So you see this stark decline that they become more reluctant to criticize him with each passing year. So it begs the question, what does your research say about the reluctance to criticize the president? This project shows you just how intense that loyalty is and how that intensity has gotten stronger. We also see that the people that were more willing to criticize him are no longer in Congress and that the people that have joined Congress since his inauguration are some of our top loyalists as well. We see what voters want is Trump, and Trumpism is so much bigger than him. It's about his style of politics, and we see that reflected in Congress, this transformation that he has overseen throughout his time in office of the Republican Party. The bottom line, in this last election, 74 million Americans voted for Trump, and his supporters have remained loyal through his most recent legal battles and claims of mass voter fraud and election rigging. Juliet Bartz is an associate producer who works on Axios on HBO. We'll be back in 15 seconds with Jonathan Swan's take on what loyalty to President Trump looks like now and after he leaves office.
Welcome back to Axios Today. Axios's political reporter Jonathan Swan is here now to talk about that unwavering loyalty to President Trump and what that will look like in his final 23 days in office and once he leaves the White House. Jonathan, you spent so much time covering Donald Trump, and I'm even thinking of since before the 2016 election. So I wanted to just start by asking to your mind, how has Trumpism evolved among the GOP since then? So I remember in 2015 and 16 when I started, you know, I guess I started going to Trump rallies in 2015. Firstly, I was just blown away by the intensity of the support in the crowd. It was almost a rock concert. They knew the lyrics that, you know, when he said, who's going to pay for the wall, they shouted out Mexico. Or he said, as soon as he said the word, the media, they started spontaneously chanting CNN sucks. And there was this woman next to me, a young mother, she was holding the child and the child was facing her. And this is when the crowd was chanting about Hillary Clinton, lock her up. And the mother's like, lock her up lock her up and the child was sort of bouncing along (laughs) and it's like holy crap that's what I mean when I say intensity and it's only grown since then that was four years ago it's only gotten more intense and so does that explain or can you explain why you think despite all the evidence against his claims of election fraud which has clearly been shown to be false by people as varied as like Republican Governor Brian Kemp in Georgia why are there still Republicans who persist in supporting Trump's baseless claims that the election was stolen? What you need to understand is it's not just about a loyalty to Trump. Constituents are so bonded to Trump and they are demanding what Trump is demanding. So even if these members and senators privately think it's bogus and that Joe Biden legitimately won the election and that Trump is irresponsible in what his rhetoric is, what they're hearing when they go home is a reflection of what Trump is saying publicly. As you're saying all of this, I'm just thinking about the fact that the presidential election is over, but of course there is actually still an election going on in Georgia. And when we look at our Trump loyalty index, the most loyal senator is actually Georgia's David Perdue, who was up for re-election in the Georgia runoffs. Do you see this race as a bellwether for Trump supporters when he's not on the ballot anymore? The challenge with drawing sweeping conclusions from these Georgia runoffs is that they're they're so unusual. They're so unusual because of the stakes. The Senate literally hangs in the balance depending on the results of these races and the amount of money as a result that's pouring in. We're seeing more than $100 poured into these races. You have all these dynamics that are not necessarily going to be repeated. So I wouldn't draw huge conclusions from these races about the future of the party. And I also wanted to just ask you what you're hearing from inside the Trump administration about what the plans are for after January 20th for President Trump. Well, I mean, he's talked privately about announcing that he's running again in 2024. I think there's a decent chance he does that. Although I will say recently, some of the conversations I've had with advisors who've talked to him, and he hasn't really wanted to talk about it in depth because doing so is an acknowledgement that 2020 is over. He was still hanging on, even as recently as this weekend in, in private conversations, holding on to hope that Republican state legislators would overturn the results of the election. And, you know, it was never going to happen, but he he tried and he tried and he hoped and he hoped. So that's been the dynamic. He's also talked about 
some kind of a media play. He's furious at Fox News. He wants to destroy Fox News. He obviously has a huge audience himself that he can monetize in some way. But I haven't heard anything that's concrete enough for me to say that I'm confident that that's what he's going to do versus returning to his business, doing international deals. And as for policies between now and then, look, there's not anything that right now that I'm aware of that is particularly profound in terms of executive orders, but I wouldn't rule anything out. Jonathan Swan is a political reporter for Axios. Thank you, Jonathan. No worries. Thank you. That's all we've got for you today. You can reach your team at podcasts at axios.com or find me on Twitter at Nyla Voodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.